Now, nonstop sports talk continues with news and analysis from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. Not the hero. We deserve to be the hero. We need it. This is the Big Six. It's going to be you. With your host, Jason Martin. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Welcome in. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Straight up 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Thank you for joining me. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. I am blessed beyond all measure, reasonable or otherwise. And I hope you recognize that you are too. To all the Valentines out there, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to my Valentine as well. Later on in this program, final segment, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'll be joined by Jonathan Hutton, and we're going to talk about something way more important than sports, which is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And we will get into detail on what exactly he is doing for that organization and how we're all rallying around him and how we're asking you to do the same as we try to knock this thing out once and for all. So that's something I I wanted to tell you off the top so that you just stick around but know that it's coming. We're going to have a longer final segment than usual as I wanted to give Jonathan all the time that I could within my hour to talk about again something. Look, we'll talk about sports a lot on this program. We'll talk about pop culture a lot on this program and, and other places. But this is way more important than all of that. So happy Valentine's Day to you. I tell you, I don't like to waste your time. That's the mission statement of this show. Hopefully I hit 80 to 85% of that. So I'm going to open with something that I think might be an evergreen topic to some extent because, and I, you know, I was going to do something trendy here and say, what do you love in sports? Because it's Valentine's Day and love and Cupid and all of those things. But instead, I'm going to ask you a question that I guess still technically has the word in it. Would you love playing with LeBron James? I could also ask, would you love coaching LeBron James? But the answer to that question is always going to be no, because you don't coach LeBron James. You survive him on the sidelines by staying out of his way and letting him coach everyone else. The Los Angeles Lakers at this point, the NBA season, it still looks like it's Golden State, and that's about it. I talked about Kevin Durant. I talked about free agency. I talked about all of these things that have happened off the court because they're far more interesting than anything that happens on it. But the Lakers, after losing to Trey Young and the woeful Atlanta Hawks, enter the All-Star break 28-29. and No LeBron James team since his first season with the Cavaliers. Yeah, that Cavs team has ever gone to the All-Star break under five hundred. But the Lakers are doing it. Now, he missed 18 of those games, and they went 6-12 and 12 in those games, did the Lakers. But the bigger question, and I think you could sit, I would love to ask, I don't want to ask Dwayne Wade, because Dwayne Wade loved playing with LeBron James. He might be the one guy that I really wouldn't want to talk to. And I think at this point, maybe Kyrie Irving would say the same thing now that he's gotten a little bit more mature. But I'd like to ask Chris Bosh. Or Iman Shumpert. Or Brandon Ingram. Or some of these guys that are playing for the L.A. Lakers now. And I certainly don't need to ask Luke Walton. There's no way he enjoys his job right now. No way. Ty Lue 
had anxiety attacks and had to walk away, basically, in Cleveland. And I'm not saying that was LeBron James related, but I'm not saying it's not LeBron James related either. Everyone, and Spolstra, Eric Spolstra is a great basketball coach, and it was only because Pat Riley put a seal of approval on him that he was able to maintain his job in Miami. And finally, we started to see that Coach Spo knows what he's doing. But it's always just, it's LeBron James. If you win the game, it goes to LeBron James, or it went to Dwayne Wade. That was basically it. And Kyrie Irving got a little bit of that for his performance in the NBA playoffs the year that the Cavs were able to get the job done because he made a huge three late, and he played very well in that series. But generally speaking, I wonder if it's fun to play in a situation where you're generally not going to get any credit when things go right, but you are going to take the blame when things go wrong, except with Skip Bayless, who's always going to say it's LeBron James's fault. J.R. Smith and what happened in Game 1 of the NBA Finals against the Warriors, that was his fault. But if Kyle Korver goes out there for the Cavs and he misses a couple of threes, well, that's six points LeBron could have had. That's six points that LeBron was counting on from Kyle Korver. He's got no role players. He's got nobody around him. LeBron James is walking drama. He is a walking reality show. He has made it such. He is the biggest star. I would say he's the biggest star in all of professional sports. And I don't know that it's even close. I know NFL quarterbacks are big time. LeBron James is bigger time. Look at the NBA ratings now that LeBron James has moved to the West Coast and a lot of these Lakers games are later on in the evening. You're having to stay up until 12.30, 1 o'clock, sometimes 1.30 on the East Coast to see the end of a LeBron James basketball game on TNT. It used to be Cavs would play in that early window. You get to watch LeBron and then you get to watch a you know a Rockets-Clippers matchup or something like that to finish off the night. And now you're watching LeBron James and these Lakers where the drama is late at night, or you're not because you're falling asleep because you actually have things to do the next day. It's not that the NBA ratings are struggling. It's that there is an argument to be made that LeBron James is the NBA. Now, I don't generally see it that way because I enjoy watching the NBA, but I heard Jonathan Hutton say a couple of days ago in the Midday 180 that he's sort of down on the NBA after paying for league pass for three years. And he's not wrong. The problem is it seems predetermined. It seems incredibly predetermined, as a matter of fact, because we all know that the Golden State Warriors are going to win. If they don't, it's going to be a catastrophe and an amazing story to follow. But who exactly do you look at and say, well, that team's going to beat the Golden State Warriors? Certainly no one in the West. I know what James Harden is capable of doing, but James Harden is already starting to show signs of fatigue, and I have never seen... James Harden do anything of note in the postseason. The MVP debate in the NBA right now surrounds two guys. It surrounds Paul George and it surrounds James Harden. Paul George, and look, I'm a Thunder fan. You all know this. Paul George has been nothing short of spectacular. And he's a two-way player. And I still need to see him do it in the playoffs because he's never done anything of note in the playoffs. Same thing as James Harden. But the way he is playing on both sides of the basketball right now is extraordinary. It's better than anything I ever expected from him, and I didn't expect him to stay in Oklahoma City in the first place. There are individual stories within the league that are fun to watch. Giannis Antetokounmpo, for example, in Milwaukee. Kawhi Leonard, and now Mark Gasol, who looks like a great pickup for the Toronto Raptors as they got him from Memphis before the trade deadline. Luka Doncic, who I predicted the night of the draft, and actually before he was selected, 
was going to be the best player coming out of the draft. Now, we don't know what DeAndre Ayton will be in a couple of years or some of these other guys. There have been some solid rookies this year. But Luka Doncic is basically an all-star already. And I don't know why more people didn't think that this would work out. He's not Darko Milicic. So there are, again, there are individual stories to watch. And it's fun to watch Steph Curry play, even though he's destroying basketball, in my opinion, because he's got kids out here shooting 37-footers. And the NCAA tournament at times was unwatchable over the last few years because it was three ball, 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 three ball. I just said it ten times and stopped myself, but I could have just kept on going. But the problem is the L.A. Lakers is a team that the NBA needs to be relevant, and right now they're 28 and 29. I'm not sure they're going to make the playoffs. I heard Tim Legler say on ESPN a couple of days ago he doesn't think that they're going to be able to make the playoffs. I don't know if that roster can make the playoffs. But the thing is, if you're taking all the blame when it's going wrong, because LeBron's not, because LeBron's the second best player that ever lived, then what is the upside to playing with LeBron James? Think about the chants that were ushered in in Indiana right before the trade deadline where they're chanting at Brandon Ingram on the free throw line, LeBron's going to trade you. And then they're chanting at JaVale McGee, not worth trading. Like, that is... I I just don't know how much fun it is to play in the league when it seems like LeBron James holds your career in his hands. I don't know how many athletes possess that level of power. I don't know how many athletes have ever possessed that level of power, quite frankly. It's stunning to me. I'm not necessarily saying it's the worst thing that a stud player has some level of control and does have decision-making power. But consider that Aaron Rodgers said he didn't want to have any power when it came to the hiring in Green Bay of the replacement for Mike McCarthy. Then you get Matt LaFleur, and then you hear from a lot of people, Jermichael Finley, I think, said this, Greg Jennings has said this, that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur is flat-out not going to work out unless Matt LaFleur basically keeps his mouth shut and lets Aaron Rodgers be LeBron James and run the team. Maybe that's why they hire a young guy with almost no experience because he's not going to be an alpha dog. I don't know. All I know is it seems to me that it would not be particularly inviting to play alongside LeBron James as a tertiary role player. And I'm not sure how many just star players that is the case about. I mean, there are jerks or guys that are perceived to be jerks or guys where it's come out that, yeah, that guy wasn't too easy to play with. And that goes with your Aaron Rodgers or it goes with your Ben Roethlisberger's, or some of those guys. And then you see some guys that you want to go to battle with. I've said a lot of negative things about Marcus Mariota in terms of I don't think he's necessarily the long-term answer here in the Music City for the Tennessee Titans. But I don't think that there's anybody out here that wouldn't want to play alongside that guy as a teammate. I feel the same way about Russell Wilson. Richard Sherman and some of the defenders did not. But Russell Wilson, ultimate competitor. I'd say that about Deshaun Watson. Tom Brady seems like he takes really good care of the people surrounding him. Joe Andruzzi, I talked to him on Radio Row a couple of weeks ago. You heard that interview here on 104.5 The Zone. He knows Tom personally. They barbecued together. Their families knew each other. He said Tom's a really down-to-earth guy. He cares about football, and he cares about his family, and he has a good time, and he keeps it close to the vest in terms of the public because he likes some level of privacy. But he's also a flat-out killer on the field. Now, he's gotten into arguments with receivers and things like that, but they're laid bare right out in front of you. I'd rather him just be honest and over-emotional at times 
than a stilted robot that's a complete prick behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know whether or not that's true of LeBron James. I'm just saying that if I'm Ingram or if I'm Kuzma or if I'm Lonzo Ball or if I'm Contavious Caldwell-Pope or whoever it is, and certainly the guys that he's played with on some of these other franchises, I'm not sure what the upside is except maybe winning a championship. Because it doesn't seem like it would be all that much fun to be a secondary player next to LeBron James because he soaks up all of the attention unless it's negative. Playing alongside LeBron James is basically the equivalent of being an NFL or NBA referee or being a kicker. The only time that you are noticed, 99% of the time, is because of something you failed to do that cost LeBron James a basketball game. Is that a fun work environment? I'm just asking. Because the Lakers seem like a total mess. And LeBron James and Magic Johnson are the two guys that find themselves directly in the center of it. And I think they are the two guys directly to blame for it. At Zone on Twitter, as you have your say on this Valentine's Day, we'll be right back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Valentine's Day 2019. This is the Big Six rolling right along here on a Thursday night to Music City. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Hope your day and your evening are going well. Maybe you're listening to me on your way to dinner. Hopefully it's going to be a fun one for you. Coming up a little bit later on, final segment. Go ahead and tell you, a little longer than usual, Jonathan Hutton will join me to talk about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I urge you to stick around for that. It's far more important than anything else that I'm going to bloviate about tonight. But let me bloviate for a few minutes here. I said I wasn't going to try to like theme this because it's Valentine's Day, but I can tell you one thing. Antonio Brown no longer loves the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I have failed in my endeavor not to go down the love train on this. But Antonio Brown's going to be out of Pittsburgh. It certainly seems like it. He's out here. We've talked about Antonio Brown a few times on this program over the past few months because, well, apparently that's what he wants. And he has, let's look at his salaries. Next season, $12.625 million, $11.3 million in 2020, $12.5 million in 2021. And Brown may want to negotiate a new deal. I don't know how much power he's going to have to be able to do that. The expectation is between March the 13th and 16th, according to one article that I've read, the trade can't happen before the start of the new league year on March the 13th. And then there's a $2.5 million signing bonus for Brown that's due on St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. So basically that means between the 13th and the 16th, if the Steelers can get him out of there, they could save themselves $2.5 million. So that's something to keep in mind here. But I'm going to lay this case out one more time. It may not be the last time. I feel like this is a case that can continue to be made. And if you are new to my audience, then I think you can get something out of this. I have said before, and I've had a couple of NFL experts on, and I've mentioned this theory to them, and they've all agreed with me. The reason why wide receivers and defensive backs tend to be the ones that cause the most ruckus when it comes to this kind of stuff demanding trades, demanding more money, angry about touches, all of those things. The reason why they are denoted as the divas of the NFL is generally because 
the positions that they play force them to be on an island at all times. One-on-one, down the field, sometimes double coverage, but let's say it's one-on-one, right? Let's say it's Richard Sherman against Antonio Brown. Those are two guys that have talked a lot. Josh Norman against, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another real diva. Somebody like Chad Johnson, for example. Chad Ochoseco, somebody like that. These guys know that it's all pride down the field. And they also know that once the ball is thrown, and this is the part that maybe you don't fully think about all the time. As soon as the ball is thrown, where do your eyes go? Do they follow the ball down the field, or do they immediately look towards where that ball is headed to see whether or not that guy is open? That's the thing. These guys are on a stage. Sherman and Brown in this scenario. So Roethlisberger wings it from the 30-yard line. Brown is running outside the numbers down the near sideline. Just see that in your head. Sherman is step for step with him. It's a long bomb, and it's a third down play, and all of a sudden looks like this ball is going to drop somewhere inside the 25-yard line. You are watching to see who gets the better of who in this matchup. You're not watching a bunch of guys in the trenches. You're not watching to see if blocks get created for a running back. You're not looking to see whether a quarterback has enough time. You are watching two dudes one-on-one basically in a boxing match, in a wrestling match, in an octagon for supremacy. This is gladiator at this point. It's all a stage. There's a spotlight on these guys. And so they talk. They trash talk. And they recognize that because they're in one-on-one combat at all times, basically, that it's just selfish in general. And so we see things like this happen more often with wide receivers and DBs than anything else. I didn't know Antonio Brown was this kind of guy, honestly. And I'm saying this kind of guy. He has had some off-field issues. He drove 100 miles an hour. There was a possible assault in recent months as well. I didn't realize he was this much of a malcontent. And this is where we continue to go when we talk about Antonio Brown is how did it go so wrong? Le'Veon Bell had problems with marijuana, had a couple of other issues, wanted more money, didn't want to be franchise tagged, wanted to be the highest paid guy in the world and wanted everything to go his way. It didn't go his way, so Le'Veon Bell is going to be elsewhere. If you look at the odds, a lot of people think he's going to be a Raider. A lot of people believe he's going to be a Cardinal. A lot of people believe he's going to be a New York Jet. That's kind of where I've always been on this because that's a very New York Jets kind of move. Maybe he ends up in Miami. Maybe he ends up in Tampa Bay. Maybe Houston takes a swing. Maybe Indy takes a swing. But we've seen a franchise in the Pittsburgh Steelers go from being relatively selfless except for a couple of defensive players like a Joey Porter that talked a lot to a franchise full of me-first guys. Roethlisberger has relentlessly been a me-first guy. He always says, I'm going to retire after every bad performance. He wants everybody to know every little thing that's happening, and he wants to be the center of attention. Antonio Brown wants to be the center of attention. Doesn't like the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster has become for him what he became for Emmanuel Sanders, for example. Antonio Brown wants to be Jerry Rice. He wants to be Michael Irvin. He wants to be seen like that. He thinks he's the best that's ever done it, and he's very, very good. But I'll tell you this, in his nine seasons in the NFL, do you know how many Super Bowls Antonio Brown has played in? That answer would be zero. The last time that the Steelers played in the Super Bowl was against the Cardinals. 
when they won that Super Bowl when Kurt Warner was playing. That's the last one they won. Antonio Brown has been on the cover of Madden, but he's never been in a Super Bowl. Hadn't won a ring. Great receiver. Never sniffed the big game. So what are you going to pay for this guy at this point in his career when he's nine seasons into the NFL? This isn't a dude that's like we talk, we've talked a lot about Kareem Hunt over the past few days. Kareem Hunt's 23. Whether or not you think he should be able to play right now or not, whether or not you agree with the Browns' decision or not, when you look at his age, okay, he's got a decent level of his career still left, even though he's playing in a tough spot as a running back in the NFL. But a wide receiver who's played nine years in the league and has had a high usage rate throughout much of that would tell me, have we seen not just the best of Antonio Brown, but by far the best of Antonio Brown? I mean, we saw Mike Wallace was really good in a Pittsburgh uniform, went elsewhere, and it was very short, and then he kind of disappeared. And I guess maybe the other question to ask is if you're watching his act in a very professionally run organization with some of the best ownership in the NFL with the Rooney family, how is he going to affect your locker room? Or maybe the word shouldn't be affect. Maybe the word should be infect. Where would you want to see him land if you're a fan? Would you want him to play for the Tennessee Titans? Would you want him to play for your favorite team because he's really good? Or do you think that he might toxicify a locker room, especially one that's still sort of struggling for a bit of an identity? It's about to go through another coordinator in the case here, but any of these teams that have just hired new head coaches, these quarterback gurus, these quarterback whispers, these Sean McVay types, is Antonio Brown the kind of weapon that you want? Now, maybe Kyle Shanahan's the perfect place. Maybe he goes to the 49ers. I don't know. I'm not sure what the Steelers are going to be able to do, but Antonio Brown's trying to force their hand, but he's coming across like an incredibly selfish guy in the process, and I'm not sure that that's going to make him quite as appetizing once all this goes through. It seems very much like Jeremy Fowler said, as he's reporting now as the staff writer for the Steelers, saying, this is what he says, as long as the Steelers get adequate draft capital for Brown... The All-Pro has played his last down as a Steeler. It's over. We know how they got here. We know how badly this has gone. We know the dead money the Steelers would have to absorb is $21.12 million. But his cap hit of 22.1 would basically offset all that dead money. And then, look, you don't really replace an Antonio Brown, but you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got James Conner, who's going to replace Le'Veon Bell. You've still got Ben Roethlisberger for now. That's the one that you're going to have to replace sooner rather than later, I would say. But I just think about Antonio Brown and I'm like, man, he's got a lot of talent. I don't think I want that dude playing for my team. And when I talk about my team, I'm talking about the one that left me with a crying emoji yesterday because they signed Joe Flacco, whose stats over the past two years are worse than the guy that we have in Case Keenum. Two short-term answers. Maybe it's time to get John Elway out of here. We'll be right back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. This is the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Happy Valentine's Day to my Valentine on this day as well. So we're going to be all over the place. We're going to talk about... 
Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for an extended period of time in the final segment. So this is kind of a, a short segment. So a reminder, 10th Annual Sports Fest coming up March the 30th. Nissan Stadium free this year. Speaker Series will be back. Names still to be revealed here across the 104.5 The Zone shows in coming weeks. It's going to be so much fun. Inflatables and all sorts of things for you and your kids to experience. Vendors on hand, concessions, everything you could possibly want. Plus the Music City Blitz, which is five-on-five flag football. That's going to be a lot of fun just to watch, but you can register your team at their website. I believe that's musiccityblitz.com. Sports Fest is always a blast, and it's always a blast because we get to meet with you guys. whole thing is basically a celebration of sports in Nashville and a celebration of not the zone as a station, but you guys as an audience that makes it possible for us to do what it is that we are able to do for a living. And we are so thankful for that. We are so grateful for that, and we don't take that for granted. So we're looking forward to seeing you. And, of course, I just came back to the station full-time, maybe really for the first time ever I became full-time, back last summer when the Big Six became a thing. And so some of you may not have had a chance to meet me yet, and I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully shaking your hand, giving you a hug, seeing your kids, and just letting you know how much you guys mean to me just to be able to, to talk to you every night behind this microphone and the the humbling feeling that it is to know that you are giving me your ears and giving me your attention in those moments. And another thing that I want to mention here, because again, I said this would be a very short segment, is that I have a pop culture podcast called The Pop Six. I've written about pop culture as a critic for four or five years, television and film mainly, and I've also covered pro wrestling, which is an industry I worked in for about 10 years. But The Pop Six podcast, I originally had a podcast called Certifiable Total Recall. Then I had Outkick the Culture when I was working for Outkick, and I still do technically, by the way, I'll be hosting for Clay Travis next week all five days, so you'll hear me from five to six here on The Zone before the wake-up zone takes over each morning, in addition to the big six at six o'clock. But the pop six, you guys asked for me to bring something like this back. People in the building asked for it as well, so we brought it back. But we're doing it differently, and because of things that happened late last week, I wasn't able to really talk about this in detail, but I can go ahead and do it here now briefly, and that is we are in the middle. Really, tomorrow will be the second episode of this. We recorded it yesterday. I'm not watching as much current stuff as I used to because some of the content I just find sort of objectionable and with faith kind of taking over my life, it just some of it just doesn't feel okay anymore. And some of it is is on the line, but I like to watch things that are more uplifting but I still like my crime and and things like that. So True Detective is something I'm covering weekly. But the Pop 6 right now, and I think we're going to do a lot more themed events like this. We are doing four straight weeks on Friends, the NBC sitcom that kind of changed everything for NBC in the midst of must-see TV Thursday night after Cosby left and as Cheers was about to exit, and we were seeing kind of a, a turnover. Friends and ER started the same year. And so we're talking seasons one through three, then four through six, which is the one that comes out tomorrow, then seven through nine, then a final deal, and then we're going to have some fun on the way out. And I say we because it's not just me. Brad Willis, the program director here at 104.5 Zone, the biggest Friends fan I have ever met. And so I asked him, I said, hey, come on with me and let's do a month. And let's just, it's two dudes that talk about sports for a living that are going to sit here and riff about Friends. And luckily my girlfriend has also put in her two cents from afar so that I can include some of the things that I probably would have overlooked as a guy that she's been able to sort of help me wade my way through. 
We're having a lot of fun with this. And you could subscribe to the Big Six with Jason Martin through your podcast catcher of choice. You can also subscribe to the Pop Six through your podcast catcher of choice. We're working right now with Spotify to get it on Spotify, but we're having a lot of fun. And this is the kind of thing we're going to do. I have some some big plans to do some long series about topics that I think you're really going to enjoy, past and present. So I appreciate all your support when it comes to that. Up next, I appreciate you sticking with me because we need your support as we continue to battle against leukemia and lymphoma. And I will have Jonathan Hutton with me to talk about what he is doing for that cause and what all of us here at The Zone are rallying around. That's next. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Final segment tonight on this Valentine's Day, the Big Six here on 104.5 Zone. Jason Martin with you on Twitter at jmartzone. And it is Valentine's Day, heart, blood, and here we got Jonathan Hutton of the Midday 180, who you've heard this all week long across the station. You've seen it on all our social media accounts. This is more important. I spent a couple of minutes the other night talking about this. This is more important than anything I could talk about regarding sports or pop culture right now as Jonathan Hutton is going for Leukemia Lymphoma Society Man of the Year, which the honor is nice, but it's why we are all sort of all in on this that's important, so we welcome him in. He's at Hutton1045. Now is a better chance than ever to follow him for all those updates. Jonathan, how are you? Jamar, thank you. I'm, I'm doing very well. About to, to head down to Bridgestone Arena for the Nashville Predators Sweetheart Sweet Night here on Valentine's Day where – uh, some very gracious couples have donated um, a lot of money to be in the Two Rivers Ford Suite this evening. Predators have have done a great job in, in helping facilitate this night as well. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun on behalf of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I still I still feel a little bit awkward whenever you say the Man of the Year campaign. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. Uh, that that's what Leukemia and Lymphoma Society calls it. Uh, it is a competition to see who can raise the most money. Uh, but quite frankly. I, I don't even care about that title. I, I just want to see how much money I can raise for LLS because I have never done anything like this. I have contributed to campaigns like this. I have looked up to people like Mike Keith, for instance, mm-hmm. who who did this in 2008. And he nominated me for this this year because our bro- our boss, uh, Brad Willis, and uh, our, our teammate uh, with Titans Radio – uh, his wife, Amanda, was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. This was right before football season in July. And the just just how quickly, I, I had no true connection to blood cancer. Uh, but that hit home both to the Titans radio family and to 104.5 The Zone and our close-knit group, uh, as you well know, uh, because of just how it impacted everyone around us. And that's not even beginning to to factor in how it impacted their family and how quickly Amanda went from being diagnosed with lymphoma to immediately going for treatments and beginning chemotherapy, literally the next week. Right. Uh, it, 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 affects, it affects your life, friends, family, and it turns everything upside down. And that's where LLS comes in to to help out all avenues of beating blood cancer, fighting blood cancer, and, and that's what I'm doing. Mike Keith nominated me, make a long story short, about a month after Amanda was diagnosed, and he told me, he said, Hut, look, only do this if you are 100% committed to giving it everything you've got. 
and this was in October. I did not commit to doing this until November, middle of November. I called people like you, mm-hmm. called um, PK and Chad and David Reed, um, and, and many, many others to to pick their brain and get their opinions on what I should do or if I should or should not do it. Because a lot of people are asked to do this, and it is a huge time commitment. And then I thought, you know what? It'll be tough. It'll be challenging. But it's nothing compared to what people like Amanda are fighting and people like uh, so many others who have come forward with their story on leukemia and lymphoma and other blood cancers. Um, this is the the least I can do to to go about this the right way, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because the man of the year deal, it connotes a win. And honestly, what I said the other day was I'm pulling for every single person that's going for the honor because that means more money is being raised for the cause. The, there's only one win here. And that's to end this. That's right. That's it. Everything else surrounding this is, it's not even a figurehead. It's just, who cares? It's just, we're trying to raise money. So we are all in with you doing all these things. I do have a personal touch with blood cancer. And obviously, uh, last year, I remember when Brad told us, I just remember the air disappearing out of the room almost immediately. And I immediately thought to my cousin, who grew up with leukemia as a kid, around the same age as me, her dream was to attend Virginia Tech. I think she was able to go for one semester before leukemia finally got her. Uh, and mm. she lived for almost a decade with leukemia. And it just, there was nothing that could be done. And I was too young at the time to fully understand all of what's going on. And I may not have all of my facts right because it's been a long, long time. But it's just, it's not going away. It's going to require more than just two months worth of work, obviously, yes. as well. Yeah. Once this campaign comes to an end and we see how much we've been able to help you raise and, and how hard that you've worked to do this, and hopefully everyone else is within a dollar. It'd be cool if you won just because that'd be awesome, but I wish everybody would be within a dollar of you or whoever wins. Everybody would be within a dollar because that means everybody raised a ton of money because I just don't think sometimes people understand the importance that and the blessings that come in their life when they don't have to experience this. Once it hits you, once it hits your friend and I said uh, when I was talking about this that I'm lucky enough that my boss, the guy that I work for, is also somebody I would crawl over broken glass for as a friend. And yeah, when agreed. this happened to his family, it immediately felt like it hit me, like it like it hit my family. And so, you know, I think everybody that has kind of already jumped on board, the listeners, the other people in this building, we're all in this together. Agreed. And, you know, for instance, Mike Keith, he ran in 2008, his connection to blood cancer, he had several, but the one he refers to most often is in first grade. He had a friend that died um, because of complications with blood cancer who today would have survived because of advancements in treatments and therapies that have been uh, that have been made possible because sure. of donations sure. and campaigns like this. And you're absolutely right. This is more about uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society than anything else. You don't have to donate to my campaign. I just hope people will donate to LLS. You can do that at LLS.org. Everything is is tax deductible. Um, you can learn more about Hutton 1045 and Team Hutton 1045 at Hutton1045.com. Um, I've got a lot of events planned, but again, it is it is all for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and I'm running on behalf of Brad and Amanda Willis. I know Chad is is doing the Z-O-N-E tournament yeah, again. It's back. That's going to be a lot of fun. Give us some of the other highlights that you can let us in on now, well, things that are going to make this even more fun for you while we're obviously doing it for such a worthy cause. I, I have an events calendar that will 
be in, in constant update mode um, where I, I'm ready to announce a couple of things. I wish I could give you some breaking news on a big event that sure. I have. Uh, the, the truth is there are a couple of venues that I've yet to sign the contract on that I'm waiting on, and I, I don't want to announce until I know I've got the venue right. John McClain is is joining the team. He is bringing back the John McClain Dinner, which if you were a listener, if you were a listener to the Zone a decade ago, you're familiar with the Charles Davis Foundation dinners that he sure. came in for, with the John McClain Talks Titans, and he would bring in someone on stage, and it was a, a huge success. He is bringing that back for a one night only event that he will announce. Uh, it's a it's a major guest, uh, one that he says is the best he's ever brought to town. So. That will be announced on Tuesday at 105 on the Midday 180 when John joins us for his weekly segment. So a big thanks to to the man in black, John McClain. Other events right now, um, the Mumford & Sons. Two Rivers Ford has been phenomenal when it comes to stepping up and, and helping me. And uh, Chad Withrow and the connection with Two Rivers Ford and John Barker, they've been excellent. And it, Barker's the reason why I'm going to the Preds game tonight for the Predator Suite Night. He's the reason why I have the Two Rivers Ford Suite at Bridgestone Arena on March the 22nd. It's a Friday night, Mumford & Sons, and I'm just taking those to the highest bidder. Right now, if you were to look on StubHub, tickets are somewhere between $200 and $300 for legitimate low seats. This will be in a suite. If you'd like to make a bid on one of those tickets, two of those tickets, the entire suite, simply email me, hut1045 at gmail.com. Again, more details at hutton1045.com. Dirk's Bentley, there's a concert coming up a week from tomorrow. I'm going to draw a winner tomorrow simply for visiting my page. You don't even have to make a donation to LLS. Mm. Dirk's Bentley has a uh, has a concert at Bridgestone a week from tomorrow, and that's on February the 22nd. You can win those tickets simply by signing up at Hutton1045.com. And there's also a, a pretty cool, uh, uh, what I like to say is I'm on the sports tree, and I'm trying to look for different branches the sports fan out there, if you want to give the the wife or girlfriend something neat that you'll like, Gold Skin Care Center stepped up where you can get what we're calling Brotox. Donate $25 to the campaign. You receive 25% off an area of Botox. Donate $50, same thing, 50% off an area of Botox. There are some other treatments available as well when you call 615-383-8812. Realizing the time right now. Just visit the website for more details, and they'll answer your call tomorrow. But that's how you can get that as well. There's so many different things we're doing. There'll be things at Sports Fest. Um, Chad's bringing back the ZONE tournament. Grand prize winner of that tournament wins six tickets to the SEC championship game, which will speak it into existence. It could be a Tennessee. Kentucky. Yeah, sure could. Tennessee, Kentucky on opposite sides of the bracket here in Nashville for the championship for the SEC on that Sunday at noon. We're giving away six tickets to that game uh, for the winner of the ZONE tournament, which is just, think horse. It's a game of horse, one-on-one, bracket style, 64 people competing, any age. There's no age limit here. And you go out and have some fun. Um, it, I hear Brett a, Kern's going to be in Brett Kern was that? the first to sign up. That's awesome. He's in. And uh, apparently, if you were doing a starting five in the Titans locker room for a basketball team, Brett would be uh, on everybody's list hmm. if you were picking guys out. Justin Hunter told us this. Justin Hunter was a great basketball player. He said, hands down, his first pick would be Brett Kern. Wow. That's what I just want to see him shoot then. I I want to see what it is that he brings. Brett will bring, you know, he'll bring a different ability because he'll be able to punt the basketball in 
for horse. I wanted. I just want to witness that. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. One but, other thing that I wanted you to mention. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great event. That that uh, yeah. will be. That's coming up when that will be Thursday. Excuse, yes, Thursday, March fourteenth. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Thursday, March fourteenth is the date of that. And then you'll win tickets. If you win that bracket, you win tickets to that following Sunday's game, which will be a great matchup for the SEC. Yeah, it absolutely will. One other thing I wanted to mention here in the tail end is, and I, I made mention of this when I spoke about it earlier this week, is Christina Ryan and how instrumental she is behind this, Mickey's wife, mm-hmm. and just how good she is at this. I was at the first meeting that you guys held with sort of the people that are going to be involved in all this. And I was just blown away by not just how organized she was, but how committed she seemed to be as well. And there's no way that you could do something like this effectively without somebody like her as the backbone and somebody that, that keeps you uh, aligned with where you need to be. She's the campaign coordinator, and Christina has been um, so thoughtful. She's been uh, very motivating, uh I, I send her all kinds of texts, making sure I'm staying within the rules. There are certain things I can and cannot do within the campaign, which is completely fine. Um, and when it comes to stats and figures and why we're doing what we're doing, uh, she's a big reason why I, d- I agreed to do all of this whenever I was approached by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It's, uh, it's great to work with her because she's so professional in what she does. And uh, it is a 24-hour-a-day type deal where at any hour of the day, if you send her a text, she'll be back with you quickly. And, and again, this this is a campaign that's a 10-week push. We've been planning this since November, and she's been there every step of the way for every candidate. What has been the response from the listening audience so far? Extraordinary. Um, and it's humbling, honestly, Jason, because you go into it and you're like, hey, here's what we're doing. I'd appreciate a donation. And then... Um, every now and then, they, I get a report on uh, an email form of people that have stepped up and made a donation and joined hashtag Team Hutton 1045. And their response locally, and I was told, you know, Nashville is a very giving community, and it's it's certainly true. Uh, the response for people that can give $5, $10, there is no donation that is too small to make a difference. And that that's exactly how, how Nashville has treated this. Everybody that has possibly been able to step up and do something. Uh, it's been inspiring for me, you know, because there are some people that uh, I've seen pop up in the inbox that I, I know some of the struggles they're personally going through, friends of ours, midday 180 season ticket holders, as we call them, uh, and for them to be willing to give back knowing what they're battling uh, behind the scenes or or no, just knowing that, you know, they're in between jobs and doing different things. Uh, it's, it's really cool. And it's inspiring for me to, to work harder at this because I I know they've got, they've got my back and they're supporting what, what we're doing for leukemia and lymphoma and and trying to beat cancer. That's what we're going to do. Uh, when you first sent me the the text message and asked for my opinion on, I used to me, we said, whatever you need, you get. And tonight, unfortunately I only have an hour, but that gives me, that gives you about 15 minutes on this show tonight to talk about it. And you can do it as often as you want on the way up. You can follow Jonathan at Hutton1045, and it's what? Hutton1045.com is the website. Yeah, and that's it's the same as going to 1045thezone.com, but that right. will take you directly to the page with all of the details. I've got a, a short video that News Channel 5 allowed me to, to produce from their studio. They're very gracious with that. Thank you, Brian McKeegan, for the help. Thank you, Steve Lehman and John Burton. Um, 
yeah, I've got a video there that'll kind of tell the story of why I'm I'm in this to raise as much money as possible. And there there will be a lot of announcements along the way. I'm just getting started. Thank you for the time this evening. And uh, I will have so many thank yous once some of these events roll around of the clients and the partners of 104.5 The Zone who have stepped up behind the scenes to make certain things possible. Uh, again, it is uh, it's humbling to to know the support that the that the 104.5 The Zone family, which includes every listener to this station, uh, is giving this team and what we're trying to do and accomplish. Back to the business of sports tomorrow, but this is way more important than the business of sports. It's at Hutton1045, Hutton1045.com. Help us out. Uh, the man of the year thing is secondary to the idea behind it. We just got to beat this thing. That's the way I keep saying it. It sounds colloquial. It doesn't sound as formal as it needs to, but sometimes it's just simple. It's just common sense. This thing sucks. We need to, we need to do whatever we can to beat it. And we will continue to do that as part of the 1045thezone.com family. This has been the Big Six. I will talk to you tomorrow. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night.